Oof, the first loss of the season, and we have to talk about it. So like ripping off a Band-Aid, we're going to look at the good, the bad, and the downright ugly, all on today's episode of Locked on Pokes. Thanks for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. You are Locked on Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your daily Oklahoma State podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Linda Godfrey, co-host of Fantasy Besties and avid Oklahoma State fan. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or find the show on the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest shows every weekday here with Locked on Pokes. I know I started the show by saying that we were going to talk good, bad, and ugly, but I'm going to do it in reverse order, starting with the ugliest. I know normally you start with good and work your way to ugly, but I prefer to end on a high note. Get all the ugly out of the way early. So without further ado, right after I give Mike Gundy his roses, he has to go and call a sissy football game script. I mean, I just did five minutes on on how fantastic it is that he's staying with Oklahoma State, that we gave him this overrolling contract. And then he goes out and he plays to not lose, which is a very different game style than playing to win, in my opinion, starting first with both fourth and ones that we kicked field goals on. Brown went 0 for 2 from 50 yards and 32 yards. Fourth and 1 on Iowa State's 15, tied at 14 in the third quarter, and you're kicking a field goal in a windy stadium after this kid has already missed. He wasn't your starter to start the season. He's just come in, and yes, he had a fantastic game against Texas. I get it, but field goals aren't going to win us games week in and week out like they did against Texas. It's not going to happen, especially in Ames. I I don't understand. I I don't know that I'm going to ever be able to get behind, in particular, the second field goal. The 50-yarder was asking quite a bit of Tanner Brown, in my opinion, this kicker that you've just elevated to being the starter. But that one I, I can get a little bit. The 32-yarder, I know that he's expected to make that kick. I understand that side of it, and then you have the lead. But you're fourth and one deep into Iowa State's territory. There was just no—I I, I can't wrap my head around not going for it. Mike Gundy stands by his decision. He said today that he would kick it again if given, you know, if given a, a mulligan— I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to get behind that one, maybe because of the way that I know how it goes, but we've been in Ames before undefeated uh, with a field goal on the line and reliving that on my couch. I was watching crouched behind my couch, like peeking over it. Um, I couldn't sit down. That's how I watched most of the second half. I'm not going to harp too hard on Tanner Brown He won us a game two weeks ago. Yes, he struggled uh, against Iowa State, but I'm not going to harp too hard on him. I do think Mike Gundy should have gone for it, especially in that third quarter, that fourth and one on Iowa State's 15-yard line. But I digress. We'll move on to the next ugly thing, the Big 12 refs. 
and Iowa State, the combination of the two, in, in particular playing at Iowa State, have not worked out well for the Pokes in the past, starting first with the uh, called Miss Phil goal all those years ago in 2011. We all remember it well. Anytime that prompt gets thro- thrown around online, like, what game caused the biggest heartbreak? It's that one. I remember where I was, who I was with, what we ate for snacks, what we were drinking. I remember that game down to every gritty, unfortunate detail. And I have a feeling this one is going to uh, sink into my brain for a little while in the same kind of way. We can argue all day about if Brennan Presley got that fourth down. Now, I believe that he was on top of Danny Godleski. I think he got that first down. I have friends that have just started watching Oklahoma State because of me taking over this podcast and, and kind of forcing it down their throats. And they're all texting me going, that's for sure a first down. I'm like, they're not going to call it a first down. Those refs marked balls short of the yard to gain all day long. So I wasn't surprised to see it happen to end the game. It was a disappointing ending. But, I mean, we're pretty used to it. Can you guys ever think of a time that Big 12 refs did something and we were like, yeah, that was exactly the right call. There were calls. The um, taunting on Iowa State early, I think early in the second half, should not have been taunting. And that's, I mean, it helped our team, not in the long run, but at the time it helped our team. And even that was like, this is insane. He wasn't, how many times have you seen receivers strut into the end zone like that over and over again? You beat a guy that bad on a route, you get to dance into the end zone. That's just what happens in sports. He's celebrating. He's a kid. Let him celebrate. I hated that call, even though it could have potentially helped Oklahoma State. I didn't like it. I didn't like the spots they gave footballs all through the game, in particular on that fourth down. But like I said, the Big 12 and uh, Ames, Iowa, Big 12 refs and Ames, Iowa do not uh, sit well in my stomach. Makes me ill to think about. I am glad that we can put that game behind us and look forward to, you know, the rest of the season. It still stinks that that's how we came out of it, that, that there are so many things that could have been tweaked just just a smidgen, and that game would have been totally different. Next up the ladder, we take a step up. We're going to go from ugly to bad, which doesn't sound like a giant step, but a little step. You know, what's that What's that saying about steps? I don't know. But first, college football fans, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks offers all the props you can think of, including touchdowns and interceptions. And if you're a freak like me, you can even do field goals, attempted and made, college and professional. Plus, it's super easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus their projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Make sure to use promo code Locked On for a 100% match, up to a hundred dollars. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Jumping into what I would uh, classify as bad, so not necessarily ugly, but still not good. And now looking at my show sheet, 
I'm wondering if I should have put this in the ugly category because it is our third down, or our, not, not third down, I apologize. Our third quarter play has been atrocious. We have three total points through seven games in the third quarter. A field goal from Tanner Brown against Texas are the only points that Oklahoma State has put up at all in the third quarter this season. Now that's a problem. I don't know. I don't know at what level that's the problem. I don't know if it's coming out of halftime and getting a lackluster start. I can't imagine that's it since we've started games with high energy. A halftime should not deplete a team that bad that they come out and need an entire quarter to get going. I don't know if it's a change in coaching. I don't I don't know what it is, but it's a problem. We're being being outscored in the third quarter 44 to 3. That's abysmal. You cannot sustain a football season that way. You have to play the entire game. It is a complaint that I've had over and over again this season, seeing only half a play from the Cowboys, whether it's in the first half or whether it's in the second half. We can't seem to string together four complete quarters of football, and it was going to catch up to us eventually. Happened to be last week against Iowa State. It finally did catch up to us. So it's not always going to break our way, just like field goals aren't always going to win us games. That's something that they're going to have to correct. And like I said, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if you know we're taking naps at halftime. I, I have no idea. But Mike Gundy's going to have to figure out a way to get the guys back on the field and ready to go in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter because 44 to three is a laughable stat line. The other thing is something that I've harped on for two weeks in a row. We stopped feeding Jalen Warren. Now, I know we were playing against Iowa State. They have, by the numbers, the best run defense in the Big 12. But Jalen Warren was putting in the work in the first half. He looked good. He got some good runs, some first down runs, some nice cuts. He's averaging 32 carries in the six games leading up to this week. And then this week, we give him the ball 18 times. He didn't even get to 20. Feeding Jalen Warren is the key to this offense. It's been the key to this offense since week three. The fans see it. Everybody knows it. Defenses know it. Doesn't matter. He can get through it. So I, I don't understand why we come into this game. We know what works. We know giving Jalen Warren the ball 25 to 30 times is the answer for this offense. And then we just stop doing it. And I know the passing game looked good. Trust me, I get it. It was so fantastic to see the ball going through the air and touchdown passes and, and all the exciting stuff. But just because our pass game gets going does not mean that you can abandon the run completely. And I said over and over again, I know Mike Gundy doesn't want a workhorse back like that. I know he doesn't want to give Jalen Warren 30 carries a game. I understand that. But it's working, and Jalen Warren doesn't seem that been out of shape about it. He wants to be on the field. He does what he has to do to be on the field. I don't understand changing a game plan that's worked so solidly. Again, I know it's against Iowa State. I understand they have a good run defense. I understand that the passing game was able to get going a little bit. But that passing game getting going should only help to serve Jalen Warren's ball carrying skills. When the passing offense our passing offense gets going, then the defense has to worry about two levels of football. Jalen Warren was getting work done when a team knew that he was the only person that they needed to worry about. So it's not going to make sense to me why Gundy and Casey Dunn took the ball out of his hands this week. I think that's a huge reason why we're sitting at 6-1 and one now as opposed to 7-0. and oh. 
I hope that we go back to a Jalen Warren-led offense. It's clearly what's been working. So that's just something that I, I noticed and something that I talked about over and over again, not wanting to see. I did not want them to stop feeding Jalen Warren. I knew it was going to happen. Mike Dundee has said over and over again that that's too many carries for his running back. But not this week. Wait to do that against Kansas. Don't do it against Iowa State. Let your workhorse do his workhorse business. Get out of Ames and then figure out if you need to reassess how often he's carrying the football. I will not agree with that, regardless of the defense that we are playing against. But we're going to move on. Coming up, we finally get to touch on what was good from Saturday's defeat against Iowa State. But first, a word from one of our sponsors, Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there, and you can get 15% off your order at built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Bilt Bar has nine flavors. They've got raspberry, coconut, peanut butter, chocolate, uh, caramel, salted caramel. They have everything. And and these bars are covered in chocolate. So even like you're thinking like a raspberry protein bar. Yeah, but it's covered in chocolate. So that makes it automatically better. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It also looks like a candy bar. Again, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. All right, so I don't give out game balls when there's a loss, but that being said, if I did, if I did give out game balls, these are who the game balls would go to. I think Spencer Sanders had quite possibly his best game as a Cowboy against Iowa State, which is unfortunate that we came out with a loss because of that. But I do think Spencer Sanders had his best game as a Cowboy. 100% two of his best throws as a Cowboy. He went 15 of 24 for three touchdowns and no interceptions. Like I said, he had two fantastic throws into the end zone, one overshadowed by Britton Presley, mossing two Iowa State uh, defenders, and then another one to Tay Martin in the corner of the end zone. That was uh, beautiful. another beautiful catch. So both of his excellent, I would call, dime of throws were kind of overshadowed, overshadowed, overshadowed by his wide receivers making the plays in the end zone. But I don't want to get lost in the fact that Presley and Martin had fantastic catches, that Spencer Sanders played a fantastic game that day. Like I said, I I think it may have been his best game as a Cowboy, for sure some of his best throws, and the no interceptions thing just really highlights what a day he had. It's so unfortunate because uh, wins and losses, while I don't consider them a quarterback stat, and I think a lot of people in sports wouldn't consider them a quarterback stat, but uh, ultimately from a group standpoint, they certainly tend to get blamed when a game doesn't go the way of your favorite team. Another player that had a fantastic game, I just talked about him, and it's Brennan Presley, y'all, had a fantastic kind of a breakout game, in my opinion, six receptions for 84 yards and two touchdowns. And like I mentioned, the absolute mossing of two ISU uh, Iowa State defenders. He's not that big of a guy. I think he's listed at 5'8", and he went up to get that ball. You talk about securing a ball at the high point. That's as high as that ball got, and he took on both of those defenders who I'm sure uh, on paper are both taller than him, but Brennan Presley wanted that that touchdown pass, and he went out and grabbed it, and, and it couldn't have been more perfectly placed by Spencer Sanders. I mean, it just fell 
right to where Brennan Presley was. And then last up, again, not a game ball, but some of the good that came from this game, Colin Oliver, another sack, has four and a half on the season and leads the Cowboys defense. Just a young stallion out there playing for our defense. He's so exciting to watch play. He's going to be such a monster. Imagine the more time, you know, he's a freshman. He's a true freshman. So imagine, you know, the difference. You guys remember (laughs) how you went from high school to college, you know, your body still changes. You get bigger, you get thicker, you get meaner. I don't know, but you know that he's already this badge of the bone as a freshman. He is just going to grow and develop and be an insane defender, hopefully in a Jim Knowles defense for at least the next several years. So there was a lot of yuck that we saw against Iowa State. There was A little bit of good, though. Like I said, I think Spencer Sanders played a fantastic game. I hate that the outcome for this game for him ended up the way it did because we would be talking about this team and specifically Sanders in such a different light right now had it gone the other way. I'm glad to put Ames, Iowa behind us. I do not want to look back. I do not want to dwell on the loss. So we are going to move right into homecoming week and the traditions that that brings and the game against Kansas. I might even laugh a little bit at OU almost getting taken down by Kansas. Thanks for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. Make sure to check back in tomorrow when I'm hopefully in a better mood and we can fully put this loss behind us and move forward. Now go make your second listen Locked on Big 12. Get all your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors, free and available on all platforms. Remember, you can find me at Lindellians on Twitter or follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Go Pokes!